everybody, and welcome to episode 114 of the Agile Pubcast. We're still in lockdown, as you can see, but it won't be long before we're gracing a real pub. So hang on to that thought and stick with us in the meantime. Uh, before I tell you about this episode, we're going to have a quick shout out to two of our new patrons, Ryan Ragsdale and Deidre Lusmore. Uh, cheers to you. We raise you a glass and say thank you for your support. Anybody else that wants to join them, head on over to patreon.com slash the Agile Pubcast. But today's episode was, uh, was built around a question. Uh, from one of our patrons, Andrea Spittler. We have an Ask the Landlord feature where some of our patrons can post in questions. And Andreas's was around decision-making and the importance of it for team success. So we got, we got chatting and the first thing that came up was the fact that Paul and I are so different uh, between pre-crastination and procrastination. Uh, that led on to unconscious heuristics, or as Paul calls it, good old intuition. Uh, and then decision fatigue, when's good time to make decision and when's decision making harder. And how Paul crumbles under pressure on game shows when he's <laughs> asked to make a decision. Appreciate before it. finally coming all the way around to a conversation about the good old last responsible moment. Anyway, we're glad you decided to listen to this episode. We hope it turns out to be a good decision for you. And we will see you again very, very soon. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. Good evening, sir. Oh, God, I just dropped my drink. <laughs> no, don't do that. Oh, dear. That was a, a shock to the system. I only just knocked a whole bottle of cider all over my desk computer. Maybe the whole thing went up in flames. Wow. That would have been, uh, been one for the bloopers. <laughs> well, there we are. How are you? I'm all right. Monday evening. Standard. Locked in my office all day long. Carry on into the evening. Why not? The kids back at school today, though, right? Yeah, one of them is. One of them is. Just one? Yeah, my, only the primaries went back today. Oh, do they? But uh, hope, hope in front of the one on, on Thursday. The other one goes back in on Thursday. So, because um, that's a staggered return for secondary in our, in our, uh, our school. Okay. So, got a bit more Fair time enough. to enjoy. And of course, you'll know, Jeff, it's my birthday on Wednesday. So, taking, do, yeah. taking the day off on Wednesday. Looking forward to that. Not going to yes. do any work. So, one of your presents might arrive tomorrow. Who? Um, and the other one I haven't sent, so I'll just have to give you the next time we see each other. Oh, thanks, mate. I need to buy presents, but uh, yeah. but I'll take them. I'm Thank bored. You very much. <laughs> what are you drinking there, sir? What's what? What can I get you from behind the bar? Well, I realise that this is going to be a little bit out of time because of the way we've recorded episodes. Oh, yes, yeah. It's gonna be this but I did say be. that the next time we were on, I would tell you my favourite non-alcoholic beer, which is what I'm drinking. But people will have hit, will probably, if they listen to these episodes in order, will probably hear this the wrong way around. But hey, <laughs> so I'm drinking something called Beaver Town Laser mm. Crush. Mm. It's another one of these funky cans that, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I do quite like a lot of these Beaver Town drinks they do some i've got about five or six different styles from them and this is an alcohol free one and it's surprisingly good i mean I, I, the, the standard of alcohol free beers has gone up tremendously in the last five years i would say mm. this this is this is my favorite and i don't really do favorites you don't definitely not 
it might be just a fad that I'm going through. I don't know, but um, it's it's really nice. It's kind of fruity, but not too fruity. Mm. Maybe maybe could do with slightly more bitterness. Maybe, but the big thing about it for me is that it doesn't taste diluted. Mm. It doesn't taste like beer flavored squash. It actually tastes. It feels like a beer mm. for me. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm quite liking it. Cheers. What are you drinking? Cheers. So you're going non-alcoholic. I'm going completely the other end of the scale. <laughs> I've got some... It's not the strongest cider I've drunk, but it's strong enough for a Monday night at 20 past six. Um, I don't know if you can see that. You can't see that. It, this is Rattler. Oh, yes. Do you know about Rattler? I do like Rattler, yeah. Do you like it, do you? We got, yeah, yeah. We got it on tap at a pub near me. This is a Healy cider, Cornish cider, from... Um, from uh, Penhallow in Cornwall, so six percent, but it's, it's it is marketed as cloudy cider, so I'm expecting it to be a tad rough around the edges. But I'll pour myself a, a pint now. Sounds good. Sound of the pub, isn't it? We'll be back there soon. But um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm dangerously gonna drink this on an empty stomach. I haven't had my dinner yet, but you can see it's quite. It is quite um, fizzy, very bubbly fizzy, mm-hmm. but but also very a little bit cloudy. But um, yeah. cheers, mate. Tis sharp. To uh, we've hit one of the milestones on the roadmap out of lockdown. We have one step closer. Yeah. Mm. We yeah, need it because my working from home situation is not working out at the moment. <laughs> Today I've had an absolute had a... technology nightmare. You haven't you? Everything's gone gone wrong gone pop my great my lovely kit that i absolutely adore my imac has just stopped working i'm hoping that i can recover it but it's been you know two days and still haven't recovered it and then the wi-fi was just dreadful dreadful today while i was trying to have some coaching calls so and of of all the days the kids aren't here so they they weren't using up the, the bandwidth for the first time in months so yeah, it's um, it's funny, isn't it, when you least expect it to drop out. But what? So what's happened with your iMac? Is it not even turning on now? Is it? Is it? Oh, it turns on, but it freezes. I think there's some. There's. I. I. I'm hoping, pinning my hopes on it's a software issue, is it, rather than a hardware issue. Okay. So I'm currently, uninstalling preference files and re-indexing and things, but it's just going to take a long time because everything's mm. something's hanging up. Anyway, that's that's very boring. People don't want to hear about my <laughs> my iMac problems. They want to hear about um well what do they want to hear about? They want to hear a, a question, don't they, from one of our listeners. Well yeah we might as well yeah this um we, we, we do this ask the landlord feature and we've had a we've had somebody ask the landlord haven't we? We have. Andy <clears throat> and well, the big A I like to call him. Um, should we do his question? So Andreas yeah. Andreas Villa is one of our um, one of our patrons. He's uh, he's a keen follower, so we, we uh, he's he's responded to our, our call for questions. Shall I read it out verbatim? Shall I do yeah, that? Yeah, go for it. Okay, okay. Here we go, listeners. Need a refresher. Listening to a talk given by Jeff Sutherland, I learned. Oh, I learned. <laughs> oh, let me start again. Read it now. Listening to a talk given by Jeff Sutherland. I learned that the decisive factor for the success of any team is the speed at any decision is taken. Having them been taken later than an hour after the need arises reduces the probability of convincing results tremendously, he argued. 
Mm. Do you agree, from your experience, and, and how to measure decision speed, I wonder, when minutes and hours should be tracked? Okay. Oh, well, there's a couple of things in there, isn't there? The first thing that comes to mind is how we're very different. Me and you? Yeah. Yeah, very true. Precrastinator and the procrastinator. Absolutely, always have been. Always will be. So I, I've had this bite me financially this week. It cost me hundreds and hundreds of pounds, my procrastination. What, uh, de deciding too early? Yeah, making a decision before I had to. So I, I've been um, experimenting with tools for uh, a new community that I'm running and experimenting with different products and platforms and things. And so I've gone here, there and everywhere, basically taking up two week free trial options and things to see whether they, they, they do what I want. Um, and a couple I thought, yeah, they, yeah, 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 right. I don't want that one. I don't want that one. I like those two. Mm -hmm. uh, and so then while I still had time left in my free trial I bought the annual subscription I didn't need to <laughs> I could still carry on with my free trial mm. and then I found a better one so I didn't need those two anymore yeah. and so I've wasted those hundreds and hundreds of pounds because I'm not I'm not going to just because I spent that money doesn't mean I'm not going to have a better tool I'm not that spiteful to myself mm. Uh, just gonna have to pay for another one <laughs> but yeah that that that's me all over but then to, on the flip side of that me i i've been stung and i've lost out by waiting too long to book flights that's mm -hmm. a typical one of um being indecisive waiting oh, i'll just wait i'll just wait i'll just wait and then the price goes up all tickets uh, i've been stung a number of tickets um, for concerts events that I've wanted to, um, my mum and dad is a good example at Christmas, we were trying to book tickets for a, like a, a, an event where we could have met them, socially distanced of course at Christmas, but a little light, light festival, and I said, uh, there's two tickets left, and I could have just bought them, but I thought, no, I better check with mum and dad. Mm. I knew they'd be, I, I kind of knew back in my mind they'd be around, they'd be available, and they'd want to go. I should have just booked, yeah. done, done the, the spontaneous thing, but now I'd better check, better better go back and make sure they're, they're happy with it and was the worry missed, missed out on the tickets was the worry that you might have paid for something and not used it um yeah i think yeah just paid for something then that someone else that someone didn't want or didn't see the same value in as i did i think yeah and i thought for me thinking logically rationally is easy these things aren't necessarily always logical and rational maybe that's the point we need to come back to um, for me, the, the one of the things that helps make it easier to make decisions is the reversibility of that decision. Yes, very true. So if you knew, for example, that you could easily sell that ticket or get a refund or whatever, then that would make it easier to do because the risk would be lower. Mm. Yeah. Um, and team, so to go back to Andreas's question, it, there will be times when teams need to make decisions very, very quickly, possibly quickly, more quickly than they're comfortable with. But there are probably also times when actually they need to make decisions a lot slower. Yeah. And so having both you and I in the team, a procrastinator and a procrastinator, is probably a good balance to have. Yeah. Um, it made me think as well about the need 
to, to analyze the decision so this is something this is brings me back weirdly to netflix a netflix documentary that i know that i've ranted about in the past which is the last dance mm-hmm. and they talk about um and that this idea of team intuition which is something i've i've dabbled with little exercises based on intuition as well but the idea is that as you can build that intuition the need for to analyze the decision is less so in that kind of team culture where we kind of would be able to second guess what other people would want even yeah. if they're not there and that can speed up decision making even for something that which we feel we might need to deliberate longer mm. that might allow that team to, to have that the, your gut feel can i think be fine-tuned and can to a team environment to what the team's gut feel might be based on common um uh retrospective uh, storytelling and similar experiences things other things we've done in the past or sit or have simulated um have done in the past i call them i call intuition unconscious heuristics nice sounds sounds clever so it's a collection of experiences that you've internalized at an unconscious level yeah and together they form rules of thumb yes uh, so that's your that's your i think there is a slight nuance between that and gut instinct because gut instinct might might just be taking a punt um whereas this could be yeah this is a bit like that so i'm going to go with that even if you're not thinking of that through consciously yeah <clears throat> there's also so but to come back to andreas's question there is i do believe that there may be things the phrase um let why don't you go away and sleep on it that yeah might, that the idea of so you probably need a bit of time to process that don't make a rash decision and i think so the the actual way that that links back to the idea of, for me of slowing the brain your brain will process needs to probably process this at a slightly slower rate Mm. because there's some more more um eventual insights and eventualities that you need to explore before you should make a a, any type of decision based on that i think that's probably true reminds me of um that daniel kahneman stuff Mm -hmm. system one system two yeah yeah The, the sort of instinctive almost emotional type responses and then the the slower more calculated sort of analytical type approaches mm. um not, for the life of me I, I can't remember too much about it mm. the details of it but i know that um it's a it's not that one's better than the other it's it's contextual yeah um and i think you add that extra complication when you're talking about a team rather than an individual yeah um i'm not sure the second part of that i'm not sure i'd ever really get down to measuring it in terms of hours and seconds but maybe that's maybe that's me maybe that's just the fact that i'm not that um scientific i think but I think we've, we've measured it in different ways before that I know that we've spoken about, about as a way of highlighting cost. Mm-hmm. So in terms of decision making as an impediment, maybe if it's, if it's being done outside the team or your product owner is taking too long to decide what to do. That yeah. can, as a scrum master, that's quite telling data that you can extrapolate and highlight that 
you know, we, we don't have effective empowerment within the team to, to make the right decision. So seeing it as a negative, and, but not necessarily as to, uh, I don't know if I gamble on being able to propose that it will increase or anything, any data I've got around increasing the accuracy of decisions based on time. That's quite challenging for me. Hmm. Yeah, I suppose for me, it, I, I would always, but this is me rationalizing to, I think the answer that I want <laughs> is that actually the amount of time you spent working out how long is the appropriate or the optimum time to spend taking a decision, you'd have been better off making the decision. <laughs> <clears throat> Any decision is better than no decision. Well, is that true? No, but in a lot of cases it is. And in many cases, it's not necessarily about one decision, right? So, well, if you're going to really simplify this, you can you, well, simplify. That's not the right term either. But you can look at the Kinevin framework, right? So making a decision in, in, the, in, the, in, the, yes. in, in the simple or the, the clear domain, you don't need to think about it. You just follow best practice, whatever. You do some analysis in the complicated domain, you run some experiments. That's where I was going with this, is that yes. the might not be to pick the right one. It could be, I'm gonna to decide to actually not decide, but let the data emerge quickly. Mm. That's something I think a lot of teams have problems with. So they'll either go down there, well, we need to make a decision. What's the right answer? Find somebody who knows the right answer or do the analysis to make the decision or yeah instead of let's run an experiment or if they do and we I, knew, I remember us chatting about this when we were in Dublin a while ago um, not running a particularly good experiment yeah yeah true what kind of decisions the teams struggle with in your opinion Um, I think the decisions around should we or should we do this so in terms of sprint planning commitments mm. should this go in shouldn't this should this be is this acceptable to start is this acceptable to finish um, that's, that's the ones I probably see most often yeah it's almost like are we allowed to it's, it's questioning is this okay you know, questioning that kind of permission to do yeah. things so I've seen teams it generally hmm no I'm, 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 I'm before finishing my sentence I'm, I'm correcting myself so my, my instinct was to say I tend to see teams make decisions too quickly mm. when actually they need to argue they need to debate they need to increase their range of options they need to try different things that they, they just want to close out the uncertainty of a, of a, of a pending decision too quickly mm -hmm. that was my instinctive response um, but then I think I, I can think of a lot of examples where teams will actually avoid making a decision. Either they will park the conversation, they will avoid the conversation, they will um, overcomplicate 
filibuster, I think they would call it in the States, wouldn't they? Maybe, I don't know. It's news to me. <clears throat> so yeah, maybe maybe it's not one or the other that's more prevalent, perhaps. But it, I think fear is a big part of it. Yeah, massively, yeah. Fear of being wrong, fear of losing face, fear of looking silly, um, and the fear of the consequences of a bad decision. But coming back to your, your statement of is any decision better than no decision, I think people underestimate um, the consequences of decision avoidance. Mm. Because not making a decision is still a decision. Mm. You are deciding not to decide. <laughs> uh, which might sound trite, but if you're putting it in that context, then the actions of not deciding fall on you. Yes. But I think people can uh, can understand that more so than just... That's different to indecision. That's different to lack of transparency on decision-making. I think if people can justify and see rationale about why something hasn't been decided on, hmm. um, then that's... But, so, <laughs> Sabrina had asked me the other day, um, what wallpaper do you want in the bath in the bedroom? Okay, big decision. Yeah, decision, isn't it? And it feels like I should know the answer to that. It feels like okay, um, I don't. I just don't know. I just don't know what to what to say. But um, show me some options. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it's easier to make decisions against. Sometimes it's easy to make to make a decision on what I don't want. What I don't. I definitely don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that. Show me more things like that. I don't want that. Mm -hmm. Give me a ch deciding between three or four items is easier than deciding between 128 items. Oh, definitely. Yeah, the choice can be paralyzing. The paradox of choice. And this was um, it was a TED talk we saw um, you sent me a while ago. I can't remember the name of the speaker. But you you walk and your listeners can do this at home in their local supermarkets. You walk through the aisles of supermarket. And you look at how many different types of tea or coffee you can buy. Mm -hmm. And you then you start to realise how difficult it can be to make choices and make decisions when there are literally 20, 30 different types of tea and coffee you can, you can buy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wrote about decision fatigue mm. a few years ago. It's a big thing for product owners. There's more than anywhere. Because they have to make more decisions than, than most people on the team. Mm. But if you actually write down... If you took time to list out all the decisions you make on a daily basis, you'd be surprised at how many decisions you're making every single day. Mm. And each of those decisions takes some mental energy. Yeah. Uh, and the more you have to choose from, the more options you have to choose from, the more analysis you have to do, the more complex the decision, the more... Um, the more energy is going to be draining from you. And you only have a limited amount of time. So thinking about, well, Here's, here's an interesting one I, I, I don't think a lot of teams pay attention to when you make decisions not not just yeah. in terms of Andreas's question of how quickly from when a decision needs to be made but time of day yeah. day of the week yeah. and a lot of teams will leave decisions till the end of a meeting when people are at their most bored <laughs> most drained and most want to get away from the thing mm. So making sure that you, you, know, you, you actually 
as I say, setting yourself up for the chance of success, you know, writing the rules of the game so you've at least got a chance of winning. Mm. Um, I think that's that's a really important thing. Yeah, you're so right. if you know something needs to be, if you need a really quick decision that you don't want to overthink it, maybe leave it until you're tired. <laughs> then you will decide quicker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you know it's sort of a, something that needs to be thought about, pick a time when you've got a lot of energy. Mm. And we've talked mm. before, haven't we, about like the environment that you're in, which perhaps isn't as much a consideration right now. Mm. But if you're in a if you're in a room that's got high ceilings, you're more likely to have creative divergent thoughts whereas if you're in a room with low ceilings less windows and so on then you you want to get it to you come to a decision quicker mm. so um <laughs> it's interesting isn't it so um on this i'm coming back to andreas's question because i'm intrigued by this minutes hours should they be tracked and i think this reminds me, Jeff, of being on TV quiz shows. And as you know, I've been on a few TV quiz shows. Some mm-hmm. people might know me from my vast amounts of TV work. And I think there is a pattern. I, I know I'm generally not the most successful. And uh, if anyone's seen me on TV, they know that I'm not sitting on a million pounds. And I'm not I'm not in any way rich from um, appearing on TV game shows because I generally don't do very well. But what I struggle with is um, is the pressure. And I wonder whether that minutes hours if you feel if you know that your decision making is being tracked i'm almost almost always at my worst in the, in the quick fire round answer as many questions as you as you can in 30 seconds whatever it might be and um when you know there's a time limit when you know there's a pressure on you that you've got to make it feels like you have to make a quick decision that surely that that not, not that doesn't that puts a lot of pressure on you not not to make the wrong call but just not to it's just to say pass for me it's like pass or pass i can't do that pass can't can't make that decision now well you you probably you probably wouldn't want to hear this (laughs) pressure is relative and pressure is manageable so pressure is a sense of perspective but also a sense of practice Mm. you can practice those pressure moments now i know people will say well you can never really manufacture the, the pressure of the last minute of a rugby match or in the yeah. quick fire round when the million pounds is on the line whatever you can't make but you can practice beans and you can put yourself you can create the conditions where you can be at your best mm. uh, visualization mm-hmm. is, a, is a classic tool but also just preparation and practice of giving yourself those timed moments and creating alternative pressure situations so uh, i'm just thinking on my feet now but if you wanted to practice for quick fire rounds and just get used to being the pressure and create some consequences that you don't want to happen if you fail mm. all right I don't know, get the kids to pour a tin of beans over your head if you if you, <laughs> if you don't get more than five or something so you you know something's on the line yeah and the more you do it the more you become sort of desensitized to the pressure yeah i just think that so when you make a decision to measure the speed of something people are much more conscious of of their performance or their um but that could be a good thing it could be if they're if they're procrastinating a lot or they aren't re- if they don't realize that it, would be good for, for for me for instance to know how long it takes you you've taken you can see the clock you know kind of t- you've taken this long to decide yeah and the risk the risk at which your tickets are going to be lost 
if you don't decide is, is decreasing or increasing so that kind of visual visualizing the time you're taking but I can see how that might be detrimental to some decision-making processes where you do need more time it's a more yeah. critical decision well that I'm, I'm, I'm tying some threads together here in my head so um, you said around instinct earlier on and I talked about unconscious heuristics and when it comes to decision making and time in the agile space the phrase the last responsible moment you can't really have a conversation without using that phrase referencing that phrase but it's one that you never you don't know what it is until it's gone yeah there we, go. there we go there goes the last responsible moment exactly <laughs> <laughs> i love a deadline i love the sound it makes as it wishes past my ears um the yeah the last responsible moment is something that you you, you can only really find out in retrospect and mm. you'll you'll never hit it perfectly because maybe you take it just slightly too early or slightly too late or whatever but what you can do is if you're reflecting on it is actually look back and think okay there's an example of where we took a decision too early mm -hmm. there's a decision of where we there's an example of where we took a decision too late okay so let's start building up those heuristics a little bit more consciously so we can start thinking as a team this is another situation that's a bit like this one yeah and this is when we actually found in retrospect the last responsible moment occurred so how can we get ahead of that one this time? Mm. That I think is that 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 resonates with me a lot. That sense of defining the last responsible moment through empirical data. Yeah. And that visibility, you know, if if, if you're a team that knows on the whole we tend to take decisions too slowly or we tend to make decisions too quickly, then what can we do? To, to curb that or you know, balance it out of them. Do we need to bring a Paul in bo on board? Do we need do we need a visibility of the timer? You know? Yeah. Maybe. And to tie another thread into this from a, another podcast, there's this idea as well about not always, and I, I'm guilty of this, is remembering the bad decisions. Yeah. But also being able to reflect on, this was a good decision mm. at the right time and why was it and, and, and qualify that and, and add that to that kind of that list of reflective you know, decisions hmm. we made this decision and it was almost perfectly timed for this reason and then we can start to categorize those types of decisions and, and look at because I'm, I'm bad for that and like I said to you I remembered a time when a decision has hurt me but there's probably been there was an opportunity um, I think it was probably around the podcast the squadcast thing so we for, for, for people that won't know this but behind the scenes we've been dabbling with a few different tools to record the podcast and one of them we're, we're basically trialing the difference between um squadcast and zoom to record the sound quality but also video quality and i did literally i did the opposite to you i waited till the very end of the the trial period to get mm. the full extent of the the experiment before i decided to cancel so in that, and that in retrospect was a good decision because yeah. it gave us longer to to compare the quality of both and had we not run a few more ex experiments i might have um have decided to cancel too early or, or decided not to cancel at all mm -hmm. i think that was it there's plenty of opportunities it's very easy to get focused on the negative the bad decisions but there's probably a lot of good ones that you're making every day yeah without even realizing it. yeah yeah when do you tend to make good decisions 
When do I make good decisions? What, time of the day or after a certain amount know. of alcohol or, or what? <laughs> no, I, was, I, was, I guess I was thinking more about circumstances. You know, are there are certain types of decisions that you, you tend to handle better. I think certainly decisions where I can see, oh, I was going to say no-brainers, which is probably another word to ex a term to explore in itself, isn't it, the term no-brainer? Because even a no-brainer is still a brainer. <laughs> You're still, uh, in some ways, qualifying it. But it's where there doesn't seem to be any, not any, but very minimal downsides. There was something I was thinking about the other day, that I, whether I should buy it. I haven't told Sabrina this, but I want to buy, I want to treat myself for my birthday for um, an Echo, an Amazon Echo for the bedroom. To, to, uh, it comes with a clock. So basically like a, an expensive alarm clock. Yeah. That's what it is. But for me, that's a fairly easy decision because there are far, there are way more benefits that I can see costs and drawbacks. Mm-hmm. But, so, but what? But you haven't you haven't raised this with your wife because you think she'll undermine that decision. No, I haven't raised it with my wife in case she's got me one for my birthday. Oh, I see. But um, yeah, and I'm playing. I'm waiting, Jeff. See, see, procrastinated Jeff would have gone and bought one, and then and sent it back if you had another one for your birthday. Yeah, because it's reversible. Exactly, but for me, see, I was thinking, just wait, just hold off. You can order it on Thursday. See what you get for your birthday. Probably won't get it, but then there's no rush. I can wait a couple more days. Yeah. I guess I'm, yeah, I, 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 fear of missing out, I suppose, is a bit. Yeah, FOMO. That's a big, that's a big um, player in decision making, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I, I do take a life's too short type approach to. You to like, and also I think you like to be first. You, yeah. like, you like to be. To be at the front of the um, of a decision, or you'd be the first one to have done that. Mm -hmm. Whereas I'm more, much more happy to be a, a follower. I think. I would rather. Here we go. This is getting a bit deep. <laughs> I would rather be accused of being reckless mm. than boring. Mm. Mm. I mean, both of those are negative words, but and I'm, they're extremes, and they're extremes. Yeah, but um, I yeah I would. I would I would take reckless over boring any day of the week. Mm. And I don't aspire to be either. But I think so that's why... One of my friends was always the first one to buy, like, when the new PlayStation came out. So, and... Um, we'll call him Dave, right? You know Dave. You've met Dave. Yeah, but that's, let's, let's pretend he's called Dave. He's called Dave, mm -hmm. really. Um, but... Dave um, went out and bought, I think, the new PlayStation 1 when it came out. And it was like, I mean, it was ridiculously overpriced. It was like the equivalent now of like £600. It was ridiculous. But um, Dave wanted to be first. He wanted to be the first one that, that had it, that, that, that was using it, um, wanted to enjoy it. Whereas me, that's I'd say, ah, oh, well, I can wait for a bit. Yeah. That's, okay, I, I wouldn't say that's me being boring. There's an element there of being um, content and being content is a positive thing, but also um, caught, not cautious is wrong because it's not me, but, but me being frugal. 
I think when you can see this is where my my um, my, uh, my thinking was that this is probably going to reduce in cost over time. I'll play the long game here. <laughs> I'll use Dave's PlayStation until I, I'm convinced that I'll buy one, then I'll buy one that's cheaper. Mm-hmm. Whereas I bet you went out and bought a PlayStation straight away, didn't you, Jeff? I've never owned a PlayStation. Oh. <laughs> I was too busy playing football. Exactly. Too busy outdoor, outdoors. Yes. Yeah. Well, there we go. Good um, one. Talking of making decisions, um, it's your round. Is it? <laughs> oh, do I hear? Do I hear the barmaid? Hang on a minute. Time at the bar. There we go. Better get him in. Get him in. Cheers, chap. Nice to see you again. Yes, yeah. We'll have a lovely birthday. We'll do. I'll let you know if I get the alarm. I'll let you know if I get the alarm clock. Yes. But, um, if not, I'll bite myself. <laughs> all right. Nice one. Cheers, all. Cheers, everybody. Ta-da.